This is Blood on the River, and it's at the very end on page 219. And it starts afterward. And afterward in a novel is where the author wants to give you more information of what happened after the actual story ended. So this is the afterward, and it starts with primary evidence again, which the author, um, Alyssa Carbone, wants to make sure that, that we know that she's gotten this information to write this fictional part, this fictional history, from actual history, from notes written in history. And these notes were written by George Percy, a person that was there at Jamestown um, that can tell us what happened. So these italicized words at the beginning are, are that primary evidence once again. Now all of us at Jamestown beginning to feel that sharp prick of hunger, which no man truly described, but he which hath tasted the bitterness thereof. All was fish that came to net to satisfy gruel hunger, as to eat boots, shoes, or any other leather some could come by. And now famine beginning to look ghastly and pale in every face that nothing was spared to maintain life and to do those things which seem incredible as to dig up a dead corpse out of graves and to eat them. <clears throat> so that primary evidence is pointing to the fact that somebody at Jamestown, George Percy, says that, that Jamestown people got so hungry that they began to eat their boots, and they did. We know in history that they began to eat boots and shoes because they were made of leather. And when there was no more leather to eat, right, so they don't have any boots in the wintertime. And they're becoming ghastly, he says, and pale in every face, that what they begin to do is actually uh, dig up people out of their graves and cook and eat them to stay alive. Um, this happened here, and a lot of people don't want to um, talk about it or admit to it, but these people were starving to death. And whether we think it's wrong or right, um, we do know that they were trying their best. Um, I'll tell you more about it after we read the afterward. During the winter of 1609 to 1610, the settlers of, at Point Comfort did not go hungry. They had enough extra fish and crabs that even their hogs were well fed. As winter set in, ice formed on the river, and travel between Jamestown and Point Comfort became impossible. It was not until spring that those at Point Comfort found out about the horror that befell Jamestown that winter. Chief Bohotten ordered his tribes to stop trading with the settlers at Jamestown. The natives also went to Hog Island, which the settlers had stocked with hundreds of hogs, and slaughtered them all. Then they went back to killing any settler they found outside the fort. Settlers were afraid to hunt and fish, so they remained inside the palisades. When the stores ran out, and meaning the stores of food, the gathering of food, not, you know, like a grocery store, they didn't have one of those. When the stores ran out, then <clears throat> they'd eaten the last of their sheep and goats. They ate even the laying hens. As things got worse, they ate their horses, their dogs, and cats, and then any rat, mouse, or snake that they could catch. Remember, they're trapped inside this palisade. 
I'm sure Chief Powhatan was trying to kill them off because he felt threatened by them. Their group felt threatened. When there was nothing left to kill, they even ate their starched collars on their shirts, their leather shoes, anything they could be chewed and swallowed. Men, women, and children starved and died. Hunger caused desperation. Some of the colonists began to dig up the dead bodies and eat them. One group of men escaped that terrible winter by using violence to secure a large quantity of food from one of the native tribes and then stealing one of the ships and sailing back to England. The remaining settlers were ravaged by disease, starvation, and war faced with the Indians. Out of the roughly 500 settlers Captain Smith said were in Jamestown when he left, by spring only 60, oh, yeah, 60 settlers remained all of them close to death. So after Captain Smith left, that's when the starvation really happened, and most likely that's when Chief Powhatan really did all that stuff, where they slaughtered the hogs and they made sure that these people were starving. They were trying to kill them off. Um, and mostly that was because those, er those second group of settlers had begun to kill the Powhatans and threaten them. And um, Chief Powhatan was protecting his tribes, and, you know, uh, the people suffered from it that were at Jamestown. The winter of 1609 to 1610 became known as the Starving Time. Chief Powhatan had tried again to wipe out the tribe that came from the Chesapeake, and he had nearly succeeded. Um, remember, they, we know a lot of this information, too, because of this man that had stolen food and escaped with a boat back to England. He probably told everybody. In the spring of 1610, the man who was to be Jamestown's new governor in 1609, Sir Thomas Gates, finally arrived. He had been shipwrecked on Bermuda for nine months until new ships could be built from the remains of the sea venture. When Gates saw the desperate conditions in Jamestown, he decided to abandon the settlement and take the remaining survivors back to England. But as they sailed down the river heading home, they were met by a messenger carrying a letter. It said that Sir J Thomas West, Lord de Loire, the new, new Lord Governor and Captain General of Jamestown, was on his way up the river to Jamestown with three ships, over 150 new colonists, and food for a year. The message was clear. Go back to Jamestown. Reluctantly, the settlers returned to try again. The next several years were difficult ones. Jamestown's new leaders took revenge on the natives, even the Cacahontans and the Warawosaks, who had helped the settlers so much. They slaughtered native men, women, and even children from many tribes. Revenge bred revenge, and there were raids and killings on both sides. <clears throat> it sounds like trying to attack them and just, you know, caused everybody to just kill each other over and over. And poor Chief Bohatton originally was protecting his tribe. Now he's caught up in this revenge cycle. And the new Jamestown people have no idea that the, that the Pohattans had ever helped them. They, they just weren't there. They don't know all that history. <clears throat> in 1613, Pocahontas was kidnapped by the settlers and held hostage. In return for her freedom, they demanded that her father free the English prisoners he was holding, give back stolen English weapons and tools, and send a large quantity of corn. 
Chief Powhatan gave the settlers some of what they asked for, saying he would send the rest when his daughter was returned to him. The English said that this was not enough. Chief Powhatan refused to give in to the hostage-taker's demands, and Pocahontas remained a prisoner. John Rolfe, a new colonist, began growing tobacco in Jamestown. Tobacco grew well in Virginia and sold well in England, and finally there was hope that the colony would make a profit from the Virginia Company of London. While she was held prisoner, Pocahontas met John Rolfe. The two were married in 1614 with Chief Powhatan's blessing. This began a period of time some historians call the Peace of Pocahontas. For a while there was not as much bloodshed between the English and the natives, and the two groups shared the land together. Pocahontas, her husband John Rolfe, and their son Thomas were taken to England by Sir Thomas Dale to promote the Jamestown colony and help Dale get financial assistance. There she became ill and died in 1617. She was buried at St. George's Parish Church in Gravesend, England. In 1619, the first Africans arrived in the Virginia colony on a privateering ship. Now, this part is very um, important because <clears throat> this, now, this part begins the slave trade in England, I mean, in America, in the colonies, which is a horrible um, set, um, part of our history as America. And it's important that, it, that you know that it was at 1619. Now let's go back. At 1607 is when Jamestown was first created, right? So this is 10 years later, um, plus, you know, two. So 12 years later, the first Africans arrived in the Virginia colony on a privateering ship. So... Um, something that you should know is that around the world at this time, people were still having slaves. So the Romans had slaves, the Greeks had slaves, um, slaves were used in Portugal and Spain. Now, um, later you'll find out that though a lot of these countries stop slavery, they end it, but unfortunately in America they don't. And um, so we're going to read this part right now um, and finish this afterward, and then I'll tell you what the next book we're going to read about. In 1619, the first Africans arrived in the Virginia colony on a privateering ship. It is not clear whether they were slaves or indentured servants, which means they would have to work for a number of years and then they would be free. But soon, especially with so much labor, labor needed for the tobacco fields, Africans were brought to Virginia and sold as slaves for life. Was Reverend Hunt's prediction right? Did Samuel become something much greater than a servant? Yes. In 1619, the Virginia Company of London created the House of Burgesses in, Burgesses in Virginia. By the time, by that time, there were 11 settlements. Okay, so they went from Jamestown and... Um, Port Comfort, which were two, now there's seven or 11. And each settlement had its own leadership. Samuel Collier, by then a grown man, was recognized for his knowledge, skills, and ability to communicate with the natives in their own language. Captain Smith wrote that Samuel was appointed leader of a town. 
Captain John Smith was never able to return to Jamestown, but his writings are one of the, our most valuable records of what went on in the colony. Did the Powhatan prophecy ever reach its conclusion? In 1622, though Chief Powhatan had died, his empire was still strong, led by his brother, Opekan... I'm not going to be able to pronounce this. I apologize. Opekankano. 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 Let's say it's like that. Opekankano. There were still many more natives than Europeans living in Virginia, but more settlers arrived on ships from England every couple of months, and they were taking over more and more of the land the Indians used for hunting and planting. Chief Opechancano decided to wipe out the English once and for all. He carefully planned his attack. On March 22, 1622, 347 colonists were killed, about one-third of the Virginia European population. The settlers began raiding the Indian villages, killing and burning, with the goal of exterminating the native people. So, war between them. You know, they attacked and they attacked and they attacked them. War between the natives and the Europeans continued for years. Chief Opechancano did mount one more large attack on the settlers in 1644, but by then the European population had grown and the Indian population had been de decimated. Chief Openchankano was captured and killed, and the Powhatan Empire crumbled. Just as the prophecy had predicted, the Powhatan Empire was destroyed by a new tribe that arrived from the Chesapeake Bay. During the first hundred years after the English arrived in 1607, over 90% of Virginia's native population was killed either in warfare and massacres by the new diseases the Europeans brought with them. As Europeans took over more and more of their land, the natives were forced into reservations, and then over time, most of their reservation land was taken from them. There is, however, land in the Virginia countryside, for thousands of years, has been home to the native peoples who still live there. So, <clears throat> we'll read about the author's note um, also, uh, in the next reading and the acknowledgments. But I want to point out this um, afterward, remember, this is not fiction. She's, she is giving us her account of the history, which I would say um, is very accurate. When I went to Jamestown, it was really interesting because I was able to visit all these spots and see where people had died and what had happened. And it's interesting because um, in the fort walls, there were little holes cut out where they could stick guns through and, um, you know, try to defend themselves. They have since found the remains of a woman that they believe was actually killed for food. And um, I know that sounds gruesome and horrible. Um, and I know... This cannibalism is not probably sitting well with a lot of people, me included. I think it's really important, though, when we study history, that we study the whole truth of history. We can't just look at the parts that we feel comfortable with. We can't just tell the history that we feel is okay to tell. 
because then we're hiding the truths about what history was and all the all history is is an account right i mean we can sit here and judge them and say i would never do it or i would do it i don't know if i'd do it but the truth is we're sitting here afterward in the comfort of our own homes judging them right um we weren't there and I'm absolutely positive that many of the people that died at Jamestown did not turn to cannibalism, which is probably part of why they starved to death. And um, who knows, you know. Uh, We do also know that Chief Powhatan's people were, had a very good relationship with Captain Smith for a long time. And it wasn't really until Captain Smith left that Chief Powhatan decided that these new English tribes who had been attacking them and stealing them from them were very